As we approach a new season, both the private and public sector are still navigating their plans to maximize the virtual experience. With remote learning and working inevitable in many situations, how can we create an easier experience for our employees? I'm your host, Penny Conway, and on today's all-new episode of the Connection Tech Experience, I'm joined by guests from Zoom and Polly to give you tips on making virtual communication feel natural and effortless. Bill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Appreciate it. Excited to have you guys back today. Glenn, you are returning, returning guest with Polly. Just want to take a minute as we open, have you reintroduce yourself to our audience, and then we'll turn it over to Bill to introduce himself, and then we'll get going on today's episode. Sure. Thanks for having me back. And yeah, Glenn Bevcar, I'm the National Channel Account Manager for Polly for the Connection Relationship. And I have been with the organization for about eight years doing various different roles and and responsibilities. But today I exclusively support the Connection Partnership. Excellent. Welcome back. We're glad to have you. And Bill, welcome. First time podcaster. We're excited to have you. Yeah, really excited to be here as well. And I appreciate the opportunity. Name's Bill Miller. I'm the channel account manager for the East Coast covering national partners, which Connection is, of course, at Zoom today. Been here for a little under a year and love working with the Connection folks. They have a great, great link to their customers and working with Polly has been fantastic as well. So thanks again for having me. Yeah, pleasure. So let's uh, let's dive right into today's topic. Uh, it's no secret to anyone that we are all navigating a very virtual world. All of us are here right now virtually together. So wanted to kind of throw a question out there, you know, as you guys have been discussing different situations with customers, what kind of new stressors is an IT director or a CTO dealing with when they've been enabling this new virtual environment that we're all in? Sure. I think the first and foremost was really about enabling users to be connected and being able to converse both internally as well as externally. I think that was the first thing. And the challenge for that was a lot of the systems that were really in play at that time were very much premise-based systems, weren't very conducive to people being sent home. And so a lot of organizations, whether it be, you know, SMB type of organizations or whether it be enterprise organizations, certainly the bigger, the bigger the challenge. But even going into some of our public sector type of organizations that are out there, dealing with that challenge and how do we get those users connected was a challenge, not just from a unified communication and collaboration perspective, but in many other ways, right, from a security perspective and many other different facets of technology. So I think that was initial as we kind of not really out of that stage, but as we're transitioning to the next stage, it's really about addressing not just the connection piece of it, but the management of those devices and management of those platforms, applications, services, but also the next phase of that is really being able to collaborate between those teams, both internally as well as externally. So from our partnership with Zoom, we've seen an explosion of 
organizations that are looking for not just devices, but tools that allow them to be able to connect on whatever medium that they want to be able to communicate with through a single platform. But the challenge around that is a lot of organizations today don't have just a single platform. They have multiple platforms in their environment, and that makes it very difficult for them. And so what is tremendous, and and Bill can touch on this, is is what makes it tremendous from the Zoom perspective is, is it gives you a lot of different tools at your fingertips and they're easy to use and very simple to deploy and it don't necessarily have to have a truck roll out in order to be able to do it. Yeah. And to, I, I think to add to that also, Glenn, is the fact that, you know, when this whole pandemic hit back in, let's call it February or March, a lot of folks weren't truly prepared for what you mentioned was that kind of sending employees home and working from home. Everybody knows how to use the tools when they're in a work environment because you have an IT person that might be right down the hall from you and you can quickly contact them and have them come to your assistance. But it becomes a whole different story when you have folks that are all remote around the country and even the world, and you don't have an IT staff there to assist you. When this all hit, we got so many calls, so many requests for Zoom. And I think one of the reasons we got so many requests for our platform is because a lot of folks were already comfortable with using it. Folks had already downloaded our free trial, our free basic license. They were using it not only with their families, but their kids were using it even sometimes with their teachers. I have a couple, four to be exact daughters who are in middle school down to elementary school. And my oldest had Zoom sessions twice a week before I even worked at Zoom with her math teacher because she was working to get to advanced math. So I think like when, when all this hit, the pandemic came down, having that knowledge of how to use Zoom, I think helped drive some of the IT directors to make some of their decisions because people knew how to use it already. And they knew that essentially you just push a button and it works. No need to set up firewall traversal, no need to set up any kind of VPN tunnels. It's just a simple application, put on your desktop, and it's functionally easy to use. So I, I think everything you said is, is dead on, Glenn. And I think what we're going to see next within the IT space, and you talked a little bit about this as well, is that we're going to have to get back into these offices. And what's going to occur is you're going to have those conference rooms that in the past may have used some older technology. And now folks are on Microsoft Teams or Zoom or whatever your collaboration solution is. And we got to figure out a way to make those rooms easy to use. And that's where the link between both Poly and Zoom and our close internetworking relationship of Zoom rooms with the Poly X30s and the X50s and a couple other solutions that they offer. It's going to make that next iteration for the IT folks very easy to integrate not only the folks that are still at home, but also the folks that are now in the office able to use those boardrooms and conference rooms and have easy connectivity into those folks. You know, you said something very interesting in there, and it's something that we've been hearing a lot about is when informally, when we've talked about technology purchases within an organization, it all of us sitting here are great examples of what would be considered an end user. Our company chose a platform or chose a product and deployed that to us. It showed up at our desk or, you know, it was installed on our system. And when we all went home, we almost converted from our the company end users now to consumers. And like you're saying, we had Zoom on our computers already. We might have been using Skype. We might have been using Slack, Teams, all of these different things. And so I'm curious to know, you know, with that rush where everyone was just using something to get by to make sure that they were communicating, collaborating, getting things done. When you talk about this broader return strategy that can scale, What are some tips that IT might be able to walk away with to say, all right, 
we got to corral this and we got to look at, you know, everyone's been doing what they need to do, but now we need to have some standardization. What would you suggest is sort of the starting point or sort of evaluation period to not have it be so much of a wild, wild west of collaboration tools as they look to, you know, bring teams back into the office that will continue to have that hybrid virtual in-person experience? So Glenn, I'll take this a quick answer on this and I'll turn it over to you as well. But I think a way to capitalize on that, and, and I just had a conversation with our superintendent last week. Luckily, his daughter plays on the same team that my daughter does. So we have a lot of conversations while we're sitting at the fields. And one of the things that he said was that they struggled with the ubiquity of software and hardware when the pandemic hit, meaning that they didn't have one teacher that had, or all teachers that had the same solutions. They had teachers that had Google Teams. They had WebEx in some cases from their husband's company or their their wife's company. They had Zoom. They had Poly. They had Plantronics, which is, of course, the Poly headset line. They might have had a third-party type headset. And it was just really hard for these IT folks to manage. And Glenn said this earlier, managing 5, 10, 15 different solutions is extremely hard because you're not really capable of taking a call and being an expert from an IT perspective on every product, especially if it's not something you've utilized in your organization. So with the relationship of Poly and Zoom funneled through the connection folks, I think there's an opportunity for connection to deliver to their customers just that kind of that ubiquity, right? Whether it's a, a Poly camera like Glenn's on right now with the Zoom application, or it's me, for example, with if I didn't have my webcam and I was just using Zoom audio, I'm able to use a Poly headset. I think we make it really easy for connection to deliver a full solution to a IT staff that only has to manage two solutions, a software and a hardware, not five softwares, five hardwares. So sort of the first step of that would be, you know, as a company is planning or a school, because I think a school is a great example of where they they probably have even more varied equipment because it's not always sourced directly through, you know, an IT administrator in, in a school setting. Task number one is really to identify what everyone's using as you're developing that return strategy. You know, who's got what, what equipment, and then see where you have that opportunity to streamline to make that management easier. Because we don't know what the fall holds. We might, you know, a lot of companies are bringing folks back into the office. Many schools are planning on having in-person sessions, but we could all be back remote in, you know, a matter of a few months. And so now would be the time, if I'm hearing you correctly, is to just understand what everyone's using and see where you have the opportunity to streamline that. So when there is the potential to be fully remote again, you have two things that you're managing versus 10 to 12 to 15 things that maybe you don't even know, you know, your people are using when they call you asking for help. I think what happened was it exposed and identified where IT had knew that they had challenges, but were having hard times getting over that hump, right? There were teams that like to communicate on this particular platform or teams that like to utilize this particular type of device or utilize these types of communication tools in order to be able to communicate both internally or externally. And so because of that, whether it was through evolution of technology, whether that was through mergers and acquisitions, somehow organizations had identified that they had multiple platforms. But maybe you're one of those organizations that didn't have multiple platforms and you did have one or two platforms, but they're antiquated platforms. And how do you move into that, that new age and not necessarily over a period of time overnight, but 
to Bill's point, there's an opportunity for organizations to be able to reevaluate that as they look at some or all of their employees returning back to the office. And then how is that matrix going to look like in the fall, whether you're a school, whether you are a public office, whether you are an enterprise company or an SMB mom and pop shop? Like, how do you address some of these, these challenges? And I think that for us as manufacturers, as developers like, like Zoom, what we have done for them is we've given them lots of options, but choosing what is the right option is sometimes the most difficult part, which is really where the partnership with like a connection really offers them that capability of, you know, determining based on what their requirements are. Well, first off, what do you have? What are your requirements? Where do you expect you're going to go? And sometimes helping them through that process of understanding, you know, go, not necessarily through a checklist, but going through, hey, let's go through a conversation curve. How does that return to work going to look like? How do we address this? How do we address that? How do we, how do we put the tools in place for you to be able to return as many of your employees to work that you need while still maintaining that remote workforce, still being able to drive your business and dealing with the current climate that we're, that we're faced with today. And I think you're right, Glenn. I think that's the real question is who's yeah. going back to work? Yeah. Our company's going to realize the fact that all of a sudden they can save a lot of money not having to have all that real estate for folks to go to a single office. And maybe this remote work is going to catch on with companies that haven't kind of jumped into that pool. I know for myself, I've worked from home for almost 12 years now, and I couldn't envision myself going back to an office full time. And I have to believe some of these folks who have been in offices, especially if you have children, have learned that the work-life balance is manageable at home. Even if it's not during normal business hours, you get your work right. done after the children go to bed or get up early and do the work done. So that, I think that's the million-dollar question for all this is how many people are going to go back to an office? want to go back to an office or are going to be given the opportunity to go back to an office because then that's going to make the IT folks job a whole lot harder. So let's take a look at that from a different perspective too, which is that employee that has always gone to the office, right? Because we're talking different demographics of people, right? We have the demographics of, you know, generation X, generation Y, you know, millennials. They are used to you know, working at their own pace, working at their own schedule, you know, they can kind of work from anywhere. You know, I, you were talking about your daughters, my daughter, you know, she does not answer a phone call. She only ever answers a text message. She is used to FaceTiming, right? Like that, that's her generation. Then you've got the other generation, maybe more on my side, that's kind of a bit of a balance of both. I've preferred a phone call, but, you know, I'm used to doing video, but I am used to doing email and text as well. So I've got, I've got a bit of a fluidity to, to what I do, but then you've got, you know, maybe another generation who's likes to go to the office. They find themselves being more productive in the office or, you know, having that disconnection from my coworkers feels uncomfortable. I need to be the, in the office at least a couple of times a week. So there's all these different environments and all these different types of users. And so when you take a look at you know, our devices, our devices give you that flexibility to that whether I'm working at home, whether I'm working in the office, whether I want to be on video, do I want to just be on audio? They're simplistic in design. They have a lot of broad interoperability. So it doesn't matter you know, what device I'm trying to, trying to connect to. It allows me to be able to do that. But it also gives me that best audio experience, 
more of its video, that best video experience. And to what Bill was kind of talking about before, you know, as or as people do start returning to the office, having that low touch, low interaction type of experience, whether it's at the desk, whether it's in an office, whether it's in a huddle room, whether it's in a boardroom, having that, you know, proximity sensor type experience where you walk into the room and the call starts or the video call starts. Those types of things where it's the least amount of interaction are what organizations are having to contend with as they look to sending folks back to work. I like how you position that because that's one thing. What's funny is we did a podcast with Polly shortly before the whole pandemic and we were always having a still think of it uh, often because we had that question of like, what's really the value of video? Like who's doing video? And then a month later we were hit with a pandemic and everyone use, was using video, but we, we had these personas of workers and what we thought, you know, the, the typical knowledge worker, the mobile trailblazer. And it was kind of taking all of the equipment that that persona might need. But I like how you're positioning this new sort of layer of of worker personas where it's more based on how we work versus where we work. So a great example you guys saw when we were starting the podcast, I've got a three-year-old that's wandering around me when I'm working during the day. So my hours are different and it's very important for me to be able to just hit a single button and have everything I need. And I'm not hooking up cameras. I'm not trying to dial a phone where that experience might be different for someone in the office that enjoys being at the phone, enjoys using a full headset and, you know, and, and have that experience. So it's an interesting way to look at it is no longer like what type of job someone is doing, but more, how does that person work, whether they're remote or they're in the office, how flexible is the equipment with their, their working persona versus where they travel or if they sit all day long or, or things like that. So it's an interesting perspective on it. And I, I kind of, I think that's a neat way for IT to sort of approach it. It is not a, we need to outfit every person with the same technology to have conferencing, but more, where are they going to be and what are they going to be doing? And let's find the right fit to make it the most flexible and easy to use for where they are in the moment. Absolutely. You bring up a really good point. So Bill had mentioned earlier about ubiquity, having a ubiquitous communication, regardless of what device you're on, tablet, PC, phone, whatever it might be. And what's wonderful about the Zoom technology is I can have Zoom on my laptop paired with my mobile device, paired into my calendar so that when a meeting comes up, it simply pulls up the meeting reminder. I click on a button. It doesn't matter if I'm on my, on my mobile device. It doesn't matter if I'm on my tablet. It doesn't matter if I'm on, on my PC. I can connect. I call it the work anywhere syndrome. This is the <laughs> state in which we are in today. Yeah. The work anywhere state because people don't know where they're going to be in three months to six months to a year to two years down the road. So the tools that we give them today have to give them that capability that if you have a three-year-old at home and schools are not going to be going back, well, you need to be able to deal with that. And if you are a teacher and you want to be able to deliver distant learning, that you need to be able to do that. Even though you've got three of your own kids that are, are going to be you know, doing distant learning as well. Or if you're an executive and you're normally a on a flight going from different country to different country or place to place because you are interacting with clients or you're interacting with your employee base, then 
you need to be able to have that capability of being able to, we communicate so much more over a video call. The reason we're not just doing this on an audio podcast is so that we can have that face-to-face, that eye contact, that interaction, the head nodding, because we speak 80% of what we say through our body language and 20% of the words that we use. So that's where, you know, taking a tool like, you know, Zoom, and then pairing that up with a really good quality camera, like a poly camera, whether it's one of our, uh, just a, I call it a point and shoot camera, like our, our Eagle Eye Mini, or whether it's something that's going to track you as you're moving around because you like to, you have a bigger desk and you're moving around in that room. Or there's multiple people in that room and you need to be able to capture that conversation as it's transitioning from one person to the other person. These are all tools that allow people to feel like they are connecting. Because when you're just on an audio call, either you're that person that always gets over, you know, talked over, or you're the person that does all the talking that doesn't allow anybody else to talk, or the conversation gets, you know, interrupted, or maybe there are two or three Kevins on the phone that when you say Kevin, nobody knows who you're talking to. It's all those different things that video really takes away. Yeah. And then the poly and the connection and, and the Zoom relationship, I'll give you a prime example. I'm going on vacation next week. I'm taking my, I have a 33 foot RV. We're taking the RV and we're going up to Northern Michigan, but I still have calls I have to do during the week. I have connection trainings that I have to do. I have no choice but to do these. So Glenn, you nailed it. I mean, it lets you take your office anywhere you want to go. And with the Zoom virtual backgrounds with my poly headset, I can be at the office anywhere I go. Nobody knows where I am as long as it works. So I've been on a few Zoom calls and I know you like you have the the pre-made ones, but I have seen people be so creative <laughs> with some of these backgrounds that they've actually gone into their offices, taken pictures sure. and are using that as the backdrop. Like I actually thought someone was in their office yeah. at work and I was like, what are you doing there? And they're, he's like, little secret, I'm not here. <laughs> I like to use but my you, connection background anytime I have a call with the connection folks. Just it, yeah, it creates so that, cool. that environment of, wow, these guys really care about us. And we do. We love our relationship with, with the connection folks. One of the things that that earlier episode I was referring to that Glenn and I did where what does video add? We were having that conversation. You know, I was on a call uh, just today and there was a number of us that were on it. And you always have, I, I seem to find that when you have calls with finance and any operations, they tend not to be video people. And so it was It was one of those calls that first time in a long time, everybody was dialed in. No one was using a platform or using a video. And the whole time someone would say, I was would say or ask for something and someone would go, who's that? Who's that? Who needs that? What's going on? And it, we spent half the call figuring out who was talking and who was asking for things for follow-up. And that was one of the first real life experiences that I had had where I it clicked in my head where I was like, here's the value of video. Here's the value of knowing who you're talking to, having that relationship we've never met before. You don't know my voice. You don't. And in the environment we're in, that's such a valuable way to foster a relationship across an organization, across a classroom, as being able to have that video. And so I kind of, you know, as we look to sort of close things out, I want to sort of get your thoughts on, do you think that with technology, we're going to be able to make this virtual space feel more natural, feel more engaging, where 
we might get to the, of course, we all want to be in person again. We all f- see the value in that. But but do you think video and voice and these new collaboration efforts are really going to make people rethink, you know, we can probably do a lot more virtually and we can have it be more natural and comfortable, you know, where six months ago, folks might not have been as comfortable to use voice and video in this way. So I think I'll talk to my experiences again. So I live in the Cleveland, Ohio area, just outside of Cleveland, Ohio. And my entire family is from Florida. And it's been over a year since I've been down to see them. Uh, Obviously, the plans, the best laid plans didn't occur. But we've been able to keep in touch over Zoom. We tried the FaceTime thing. But unfortunately, the experience just isn't the same as the Zoom. And I think you hit it on the head was it's from that you kind of want to feel like you're together. And sometimes the other technologies just don't quite allow that. But I feel like with the ability to add virtual backgrounds, with the ability to have people from all over the the globe join a single call, having rock solid audio, having rock solid video, even not in a great, you know, internet type environment, we feel like, and this is me even before I joined Zoom, I felt like that Zoom did the best from a video experience. And video isn't just video, it's video, it's audio, it's everything that's included in that call of anything I've ever used, which is one of the reasons that I came over. And then, of course, I've been using the, the poly solutions for my entire career. And it's 22, 23 years I've been in this industry, both AV and telephony. And we haven't even talked about the Zoom phone part of the business on the UCAS side with the poly telephones, the handsets. So I think just this relationship that we've built together, both poly and Zoom, being able to deliver that to someone like Connection, who can go out and talk to a customer confidently about not only keeping in touch in that environment of video, but also just the traditional audio. So maybe a company hasn't truly adopted video. Many reasons could be could be part of that. Affording the solutions might be one of them, or just not conducive to the environment, but they still need to have that telephony capability where they can pick up the phone, whether it's internal or external, and just make those calls. And I think our relationship, Glenn, and I'm sure you'll touch on this too, or would like to add to it, please do, is just one that's been for nine years almost, I think Zoom's been in business and you guys were our first, really our first hardware partner that we worked with. So hope that is a roundabout answer to your question, but I feel like Absolutely. it's not just the video experience. It's the whole kind of unified communications experience. Yeah, I know a that's great point. often, yep. you know, overused term and we love to use our UC and C and UC and all these different acronyms, but really it is that unified communications approach of every which way you want to communicate. I believe our two organizations do the best in the industry for that. Yeah. I think that as we look down the road, there will be some variation or percentage of workers that will remain remote and will enjoy working remote. To Bill's point, I've been a remote worker for 15 years and I don't miss going to the office a single day. The commute from from my kitchen table to my office is, I mean, all I have to do is step over a couple of kids and I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the future of how that that will look is really up in the air. Like how much of the percentage of people and to Bill's point, you know, some organizations will have more people working uh, remote than than others. Some verticals of the, of our industry will see more folks will be able to have that capability of working remote, whether it's one day a week or whether it's multiple days a week. Going into the pandemic, we already had a number of individuals that were working either remote or on the road uh, at least one to two days a week. So the trend was already there. This just really kind of, you know, sped up, sped up the trend. But I think the areas where we look 
to be able to help address this is really going to be around a couple of things. It's really going to be simplicity of use. It's going to be simplicity of deployment. It's going to be simplicity of management. If the solution that the organization is looking to deploy, whether it's IT or whether it's management pushing that down, if they don't check off those first three boxes, they're not going to look anywhere else. And when you tie the simplicity of Zoom, whether it's voice or whether it's conferencing, audio conferencing, or whether it's video conferencing, their solution is very simple to deploy. It's very simple to manage. It's also very simple to use. When you take our devices and you couple that, whether it's a headset or a desk phone or an audio conferencing device or video conferencing device, and you tie that to that platform, it gives them the capability to have the best audio, best video capability for internal or external use. And Glenn, like we always say, it just works. Yeah. You touch exactly. a button, Polly goes off hook. You can hear, you can be heard. Zoom comes off hook, you can see. Not to interrupt you, Glenn, but I think that's one of the, the most important things is taking IT out of these solutions. And in talking to IT departments, that's why they don't like to deploy video. Because at the end of the day, it means more work on their shoulders. So they preferred not to. But today's solutions that are plug and play, easy to deploy in 15 minutes, any person who doesn't even have uh, IT understanding can take that out of a box, connect it up, and it can be working because it comes out in Zoom mode. That, that's what they're looking for. And especially in today's environment where you can't roll an IT person out to site, that's right. really important to be able to have a tool or, or a device that allows you to be able to, to do that. So I think that the answer is yes. I think the question is in what degree? And I think that as organizations look at the platforms in which they're using, that will play a large factor in how they move forward. But knowing that as long as you have Zoom or you have Poly in that environment, it kind of pulls all the other pieces together. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I think you said it best. You know, at the end of the day, it has to be simple to use, simple to deploy, and simple to manage. And having a solution out of the box that whether you are opening it in a conference room and setting that full experience up, or you are providing it to a end user now consumer in their home that is going to be working there full time. It has to be the same simple experience across the board. So uh, excellent conversation. I think you guys brought up a lot of great points about how we evaluate what workers will need based on their schedule, based on how they work as individuals and what the overall goals of the company are going to be as they scale this remote work, remote learning to an in-office or in-school experience. So if you are out there and you are trying to wrangle, like we said, the wild, wild west of collaboration tools and looking for some consistency across the board to make it easy to use, easy to deploy and easy to manage, I um, highly encourage you to contact your connection account manager as they have the resources and tools to help you evaluate your environment and make recommendations with our Poly and Zoom team to help you strategize for the now and the future as well. And we encourage you to visit us at www.connection.com to learn more about what Zoom and Poly have to offer you. And on whatever platform you are listening to us on, please make sure to like, share, and follow us so you can get new episodes as soon as they are released. 
Gentlemen, I am so happy you were able to join us today. I loved our video experience. It felt it was good to see people and, and have this great conversation. So thank you for joining. And Glenn, I know that you'll be back. And Bill, I hope that you come back and join us as we continue to go through this evolution of the new normal and see what uh, you can do to help our customers. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you. Can't wait to be back, Penny.